Welcome, every one of you studiers out there. We are continuing on in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, King Solomon as an old man. There was a lot of questions being asked in chapter 6, what is good in the spiritual world and what is good in the physical world, and uh, what about vanities and what about the uh, fruit that goes on into the next life. Those questions were asked. What is good? Is that, you know, in the days of the vanity here on earth. What is good for human beings in their gift of life that they've been given? Okay. So you're going to get a lot of the answers here as this, uh, all the way to chapter 12 here in this book. Okay. So here we go in chapter 7, the sacred number 7, the Shabuot, the Septuagint. Verse 1, it says, A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Okay? Again, there you are at your reward. That is upside down against what the worldly people think. Uh, they take your passing away as suffering, and it's uh, God's great pleasure here, we're going to read. Okay, so uh, the ending of your life is better than the beginning here in this book. Now, uh, they're harmonizing that, of course, with Proverbs um, 22.1 and uh, 15.30. Then a new paragraph mark here in verse 2. It says, it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Okay. Much fruit is made at the funeral, folks. It keeps people in perspective. Where do you go from here? All important. Where are you going to spend eternity? Those questions come up during the great sorrow. But in the end, there's knowledge to be had. Now you take the house of feasting, and in our day and our culture, that's not feasting unto the Lord, is it? Normally, it's feasting to the TV set or the football game. And uh, like I said, they got the infection of the giggling and it's, it just ain't in pubs. The infection of every statement is a giggle fest. And things just aren't that funny. Okay, so here they are in the house of mirth. Versus at the funeral. Where the end of all your sorrow is going to be laughter here. Listen to this in three. It says, sorrow is better than laughter. For by the sadness of the continence, the heart is made better. Okay, you see, so it's a gr helps your growing process. Not that King Solomon didn't say that laughter can be a good medicine, but not too much laughter. <laughs> okay, um, there's a joy that's in the heart when you are laughing. 
laughing, but it has to be kept in check. It can't be 24-7. Um, here we go with the sorrow. Again, there is much sorrow out here. Again, the end of that, the heart is made better here. So there, there's your growing process there in three. In four, it says the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth, period. Okay, and that's today also. There is so much nonsense of all aspects in your house of mirth. I don't think it, I need to go into that here. We all know what that's like. I really, the conversations I just cannot stand. Uh, no matter what you're doing, you can talk with wisdom and understanding and not talk as a fool, okay? And in my view, the house of mirth has a lot of foolishness in here. But in the house of mourning, people tend to have serious conversations. I hope. Five, it says, it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. And the uh, translators are harmonizing this with Proverbs 13, 18, and 15, 31, and 32. Of course, of course, we have to take correction. I take it. This is how you grow if you will not take correction. And I don't care whether it's a word, a sentence, a whole book that you wrote. If you will not take correction, your growth process that we're starting to talk about here is stunted. It's stunted, folks. You're stuck in the mud. And your tires are spinning and you're going nowhere. Okay. Uh, six, it says, for as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity, period. Okay, and it can get to the point that it is dragging you out of the spirit. It just can. And that don't have to be in a tavern. It could be anywhere. It could be the woman's uh, knitting club. It doesn't matter. Uh giggling uh, all day long i tell you it's a vanity it just is and that's what it's saying here in the book of ecclesiastes on in seven we have a new paragraph surely oppression maketh a wise man mad and a gift destroyeth the heart period okay by mad we don't mean angry we mean insane and this oppression is all around, and we must view it. We must see it. We cannot be deceived about what's going on in the world around us today. And oppression has always been there. It's always been there minus a few good kings like David and Solomon and uh, Hezekiah and a few of the others. But in general, the powers that be are occultists they always have been and they use their oppression they just do and this bribe here this gift okay i bribed the judge i bribed the uh the reverend i 
bribe the person in a high place. I, uh, the wis- um, wisdom of Chirac says that people will give little gifts. See, they say, I, I buy you a shirt. See, but I'm hoping to get lots out of you. See, I'm just trying to soften you up a little bit with my penty ante gift. And then I'm my hands out. I'm ready to beg after that. Right. It's a ploy. It sure is. Beware. And not Ecclesiastes, but Ecclesiasticus goes into it. The Wisdom of Shrock goes into it really, really detailed. Eight, it says, better is the ending of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Well, that's a mouthful. That's right. It doesn't matter where you started. Let's say you were a witch or dabbling in witchcraft. Let's say you were in the Kabbalah. Let's say you uh, tried dabbling in astrology and you had such a terrible start. You know all that will be forgiven you. You know, you can saddle up here, get in the real doctrine, folks, and the Lord will forgive you for all that sin. You, you can help now help others that may be making the same mistake. doesn't matter where you started, but it certainly ends, has a lot of weight on the ending of the thing thereof. Okay, so it's where you are at now. Let's say you were in the ufology movement. You were deceived. You you couldn't see that the uh, ufology movement is just the modern demonology. It's the same thing. Even the spaceships are the same. The little green men are the same. The perverted things they do to people, these demons. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Let's say you had all that. Yeah, but as an old buzzard, you don't want to be still stupid. You want to keep growing, and you can grow all the way to the day you go to be with Christ. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And then the proud in spirit, that's just thats just stupidity. That's just an asking for a slap down from the Lord. That's what it's asking for. Nine, it says, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. For anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Amen. Amen. I'll try to remember that. Okay. And uh, it's gone over quite a bit here. They're, they're giving us Proverbs 14, 17 and Proverbs 16, 32. It is surely taught throughout all the Proverbs of this Bible. Yes, indeed. In 10, it says, Say not thou, what is the cause of the former days were better than these? Question mark. For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. Period. And that's true, too. Where was I for the good old days? I know people that grew up back in the 40s and, oh, it was just so simple and nice. Hey, you better look at your history. What happened there in 1945? How many people were bombed? Had the old atomic bomb dropped on them, etc. There was a lot of evil. In fact, 
Evil was really winding up there in the early 1900s. So you, as a child, you lived through that, and you were blind to the evil all around you. But you certainly did not live in some good old days. Yeah, if you get into your history and you look closely without the blinders on, you will find out there has been no Mayberry RFD. It just hasn't. It's never happened. Eleven is a new paragraph. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, and by it there is profit to them that see the sun. All right, so that's your proper inheritance. And what does the devil do? What does the big banker elites do? What did the protocols of the learned elders of Zion say they were going to do? What did the Illuminati do? To an inheritance. They tax you till it comes out your nose. That's what they do. They destroy it. We're not going to allow some family other than ours. And we do that. Ours, like say the Rockefellers, Rothschilds, DuPonts, those, those kind of muckety-mucks. See, they use their foundations. And they'll have a name for it, uh, the Foundation for Good Guys and Gals for the World, right? And here it is, this evil foundation where they don't ever pay taxes, and they have no, no oversight to what they do with their money. Right, so they destroy the inheritance. Here, God says it's a good thing, all right? But the Illuminati is attacking that. They're attacking your ability to pass things on to your children. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Okay? So if you're in a, a squabble, if you're in trouble... If you are arguing with some of the ungodly, money is a defense. It sure is in the world. But wisdom and understanding trumps all that. It is better to have that than anything because not only will it get you out of the scrape that you're in physically in the world, but as it ends here in 12, it says, That wisdom giveth life to them that have it. So there it is, tied directly to your salvation. I like that, don't you, out there, folks? 13, it says, Consider the work of God, for who can make the straight which he hath made crooked? Question mark. Okay, so does God make things crooked? Well, he made Leviathan, the crooked serpent. God Almighty will do as he pleases. And who are we to question what he's doing in our blindness, in our ears all plugged up here on earth, and we're going to correct God? He has made the crooked serpent. He has made the Antichrist figures. He made them also. Yes, he did. And he uses them for his purposes, for your purposes out there, Saint we lean on the Lord harder and harder as Leviathan and his 
gang there, Lucifer and all the fallen angels, as they uh, attack us, is not the God of our fathers? Is he not using that to make us gold, to refine us as silver? I think he is. But anyway, God created all things. And we got to be careful that we don't try to use our limited earthly sight to try to correct God. That's a, that's the fight song of a fool, isn't it? All right, now this one here you hear a lot in these parables, in these proverbs. It says, in the day of prosperity, be joyful, but in the day of adversity, consider. God also hath set the one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. So be joyful in your good times. Remember what we said about adversity and the refining process that goes on. That those crooked serpent worshipers, those Luciferians, they're making us lean on the Lord. The Lord's using them. And that Holy Ghost grabs your heart and you're a fearful only to the Lord. And you do not allow your heart to be fearful against these muckety-mucks, these Satanists of the world. That's the refining process. That's the growth process. That and a lot more. Okay, so we'll go on. 15, all things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. Okay, but the life after this, what's going to happen, right? When they pass on, the balances will be there, won't they? All right. 16. Be not righteous over much, neither make thyself over wise. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? Okay, so question mark. And, you know, here you are, you're holier than thou in the first part of this, and you're more wise to, in other words, are you really that wise? Is this statement in 16, is not this person fraudulent? They claim to be righteous, right? How many of those are out here? I mean, it, it takes a, a certain mindset to dress up in a bunch of robes and put a crown on yourself and sit in a, a, a gold throne on TBN and start to tell everybody what to do. And then remember the occult wisdom, the occult wisdom, where the, even the fallen angels came down and gave all this ungodly knowledge. So this wisdom, little w, what about that wisdom? That over, overly wise in the occult. I mean, Kuntukoto came up out of the water after the flood, according to South America legend, and gave them all their knowledge about planting, opening portholes, all that, Kuntukoto. So, like I said, we uh, have an ungodly wisdom also to deal with. 
And that's the kind of thing right there that'll destroy you. Be not overmuch wicked. Neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? Question mark. And again, that goes right along with uh, verse 16. Does it not? 18, it says, It is good that thou shouldest take hold of this. Yea, also from this withdraw not thy hand. For he that feareth God, capital G, shall come forth of them all. Once again, fear God. That's the beginning to his commandments. Your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what's going to come forth of them all here in 18 and 19. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. Did you just hear that? There's no amount of crowns, armies. There's no amount of earthly treasure that can replace the wisdom and understanding from God Almighty. Now, folks, they just give us a barrage of harmonization here with that because that is really taught all through all the Proverbs. Wisdom is rock. Okay, let me give you some of them. Uh, Proverbs 21, 22, and chapter 24, 5, chapter 9, 16. Proverbs 29, 1 Kings 8, 46, and... It says here, uh, 1 John 1, 8. 20 is another statement that you hear uh, throughout the Bible. It says, For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Okay. So what about the Ernest Angelis that said he don't sin? <laughs> right? Is he delusional or just a liar or both? Okay. There's no one that is in the veil of the tabernacle of the flesh that cannot be tempted. It is not fun. It is not something we seek out. We try to stay in the spirit. But there is no one, no one, no one under the sun that is not got some sin. Okay, it's a fight that we're in the flesh and we are not going to in that fight till we go to be with Christ. In 21, it says, Also, take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. For oftentimes also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise hast cursed others. Okay? So, again, that's a good example of how someone that may even love you can slip up and talk a little bit. Don't don't take every word to your heart. Oh, they said something against me. Hey, maybe I, I need it corrected. But uh, in other words, this is a, a way to stay peaceful. If you fix your heart on every word that someone else speaks, okay, and you're guilty of it yourself, all right? And that's what's being taught here in 21 and 22, 
23 is a new paragraph. All this have I proved by wisdom. I said, I will be wise. But it was far from me. That which is far off and exceeding deep, who can find it out? Question mark. So you here you see how far we have to go. Paul said we look out of the tabernacle of the flesh into the glass darkly. Uh, we keep on applying your heart to know her. That's wisdom and understanding. We're not saying don't do that, but it is a uh, it is a huge program you're on there to have that wisdom and understanding, and uh, we're never going to be to the end. And someone that says they know all there is to know is a fool. Are they not? There, you can learn about every aspect of the world and every aspect about the world to come. We just keep growing and growing. The more you know, the more you grow, the more you grow, the more you know, and it never ends. 25, I applied mine heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. Okay, now that's what we were saying in the earlier chapters, how he thought he could troll around these uh, people that were practicing the other religions and that his heart would never go astray, but it did. So we got to be careful uh, that we don't tempt ourselves or allow some of the other uh, worldly things to tempt us foolishly. In the end of that, if you, you dive in there and all that, it can lead to madness. And remember, that's not anger. That's crazy. So it'll drive you crazy here uh, to know folly. And he certainly did that. And I sure am glad that he came back here as an old man and he schooled me and you on this subject. Don't play with the adder, <laughs> okay? All right, leave the adder alone. 26, and I find more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and net, nets and her hands as bands. Whoso pleaseth God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be taken by her. Okay, this lady is what? She's practicing the, the occult, everybody. She just is. And uh, we're warned over and over about these people that are practicing the other side of the fence. Many times, both men and women will use sex in their art magic. And we got to beware. And women, you got to beware of the slicker out there, okay, that comes pulling up there and tries to tempt you away from the love of your youth, okay, and, uh, and has you go astray. And uh, when it comes to that, uh, as long as you're in the occult religions, there's no, no, no reason not to. If you don't think there's a judgment and uh, everything's okay, there's nothing stopping you then. So this right here 
woman or man, it will lead you to the wrong side of the fence, folks. Okay, 27, behold, this have I found, saith the preacher, capital P, counting one by one to find out the account, which yet my soul seeketh, but I find not. One man among a thousand have I found, but a woman among all those have I not found. Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. Okay, so they're inventing evil here. And as a backup here of this, because he's only found one man in a thousand, and he hasn't found a woman, but he's not giving up. He's finding out, he's counting one by one, but he's seen a lot of evil. And when you have money, you don't know who your friends are, do you? Don't they want you for your money? Isn't it hard to discern who is who when you are rich? And he was certainly rich. Okay, that's it we're, for today. We're going to get this up to everybody. And I hope you enjoy the study. Uh, it's We're not going to get in a hurry here, but we will go all the way to chapter 12. And then we're headed into the wisdom of Chirac. Okay, now remember, this is Ecclesiastes. And the wisdom of Chirac is Ecclesiasticus. And I'm trying to keep that straight myself. In my uh, bumbling around, I get that mixed up once in a while. But I hope you're enjoying the studies. So I'll catch you on the next CD.